Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Innovators Podcast. On today's episode, we will hear from Ethan Pitt, who is the Technology Client Advisor for America's SBDC Iowa. He will serve technology and innovation clients in commercialization by offering one-on-one counseling and finding them additional resources. Hear more about Ethan's career and how it helps innovators flourish in this week's podcast episode. So I'm here with Ethan Pitt, who is a tech innovation startup advisor for America's Small Business Development Center. Ethan, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit more, give some background as to what your role is? Yeah, absolutely. So the Small Business Development Center, SBDC, um, is, is really like a federal program. Um, and it's heavily funded by the SBA, Small Business Administration. Um, but they partner with uh, the states uh, in the country to host statewide SBDCs, if you will, or statewide programs. So here in Iowa, our state SBDC program is facilitated um, at Iowa State here in Ames, but we partner with the community colleges in the area, or in the state rather, and uh, the other region universities um, to help fund the program. So a big portion of the funding comes from the federal government, and then another big portion of the funding comes from uh, really the state of Iowa through the community college network and the region universities. Um, And ultimately, we help small businesses. We help entrepreneurs start businesses, grow businesses, think through some of those difficult uh, challenges and hurdles that they have to overcome to either start a business or grow their business. Awesome. So how did you kind of become into this role? Um, College experience, uh, any kind of, obviously there's some economic background that you Mm -hmm. have. Um, What was kind of the process of becoming Mm -hmm. into this role? Well, it's kind of a long story, but um, I'll shorten it as best I can. Um, when I was in college, I went to Grayson University in Lamoni, Iowa. Mm-hmm. We had a SIFE program, which eventually turned into an Enactus program. Okay. Um, and uh, I don't think there's one here at Iowa State, but there are others um, in the state. And those are student-led programs that work with entrepreneurs in a very similar manner in a lot of ways. Well, it was through that program that we actually called in the SBDC, the local regional director, to help us with a client mm-hmm. um, and uh, really to help us write a business plan for her. And that was my first introduction to SBDC, and I never forgot about that organization and how helpful they were um, in helping us as students, but then also ultimately helping our client start her company. It was a it was a bonbons company. She made yeah. like candies. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was cool. So that was the very first business plan I'd ever been a part of. Didn't realize that I was going to be a part of many, many more <laughs> in my professional career. Um, so that's kind of the start of it. Um, but I, after college, I worked in economic development and in banking and in digital marketing mm-hmm. in various ways. Um, and that same professor who I had back at Graceland, who uh, managed our Enactus program, um, started working for the SBDC later. And th- there was a job opening at the SBDC. He thought that I would be a good fit, encouraged me to apply, and then so I did. And uh, I started out as a regional director in South Central Iowa, working with entrepreneurs of all kinds, and then uh, just recently moved to this new tech and innovation startup advisor role here at the state office. Awesome. So you have multiple hats in kind of 
what this role is and how it's become and that's such an authentic way of being introduced to what SBDC has to offer um, it kind of reminded me I don't know if we have the exact same what was the program name again uh, Anactus. Anactus. Yeah. So we, yeah, with yeah. the SciSarters, is that similar? It's uh, more like uh, maybe like SciBiz Lab. Oh, very sure. similar to SciBiz Lab. Okay. Um, and uh, but yeah, yeah, there's some there's some crossover there, like with SciSarters mm-hmm. too. Yeah. It's cool, um, like doing this podcast and being able to talk to different people about what all the different subdivisions there are. Mm-hmm. At least I'm only aware of what's in Ames, but the world of entrepreneurship and innovation and building small businesses is huge. And I didn't realize until starting to have some of these conversations, just all the different ways that people can be involved and mm-hmm. the amount of support that is offered. Is that kind of, what would you say is your favorite part about the role that you're in? Is it starting from where you experienced it in the beginning? I, You know, good question, because <laughs> I think it that question sort of leads us into the real impact that I think we make as an SBDC organization, mm-hmm. um, and which is also my favorite part, which is simply just listening to somebody who has an innovative idea. Cool. Right. So entrepreneurs have are typically creative. A lot of times they're bold, you know, and and uh, often, unfortunately, when they tell somebody about their idea, there might be some negative feedback that immediately comes back at them. Mm-hmm. Right. I think fundamentally our ultimate goal or our ultimate role rather as an SBDC person um, is to listen to their idea and really give as much positive feedback, open-ended questions that we possibly can to help them in their journey. Mm -hmm. It's not really our role to tell them whether they have a good idea or not. Um, It's more our role to be supportive and listen and offer as positive feedback as we can to help them steer their own ship. Mm-hmm. you know, down their journey. Definitely. So I'm an athlete at Iowa State, and that kind of way that you described it made me think of a coaching analogy. SBDC is basically the coach to the athlete who wants to get better, wants to achieve whatever goal. Um, so that's that was the connection that I made. Is that an accurate kind of yeah, analogy? Yeah. I don't Absol- know. I, absolutely, especially if you have a good coach, I think. You <laughs> oh, know the, yes. <laughs> the best coaches kind of let you run your course, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they try to support you as best as they can. Um, but yeah, we don't, we don't tell people what to do or how to do it. We can give them suggestions, but the ultimate goal is that they grow as an entrepreneur and develop their business model mm-hmm. really on their own as best as possible. Cause that's what will really help them learn and understand who their customers are and how to, um, build a customer base and start a business model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what does that, what does the process look like? A company comes to SBDC and says, I'm looking to start a small business, or they've already gotten to that point. Um, is there help throughout the growth of it? What does it look like as they've been a business for 10 years? Kind of what's the timeline? All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah. So they can come at any stage of their entrepreneurial journey. So whether they just have an idea, like, um, uh, like if they have a new app idea or mm-hmm. a new technology that they're just kicking around in their head that's totally an appropriate time to approach the SBDC and start talking to one of our counselors. Mm-hmm. Um, or they can be in business you know, for 10, 30 years. Maybe they're looking for an exit strategy or maybe they're looking to grow. We can offer the same type of uh, counseling services to them too. Again, it's really more, more, more rooted back in listening and active listening and helping guide them in the right direction. Um, so yeah, all of the above. I know that's not maybe the answer you're looking for, but but it helps kind of paint a picture as to f- what kind of relationship 
you would be creating with these small business owners and their staff and the relationship piece. I mean, you keep referring back to listening. That's going to be a huge connection and networking opportunity as well as just what you're able to do as an employee also. Sure. You know, and that's another thing too. I mean, there are some technical pieces that we can absolutely help them with too. Mm -hmm. Um, But that comes secondary after really the listening piece. So a lot of times, so the clients that I work with, so technology-based, innovation-based clients, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times they might need a pitch deck, if you will, or like a a slide deck that showcases their value proposition and who their customers are, you know, and things like that, who their competitors are, things Mm -hmm. like that. I can help them piece together some of those more technical pieces too, um, which is can be really valuable. But again, that sort of comes secondary to listen first, act second. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's super cool. So then are the businesses involved in SBDC able to work amongst each other? Like is there ever mm. kind of an opportunity for a business to say, oh, you had this experience working with your um, advisor within SBDC what like is there an opportunity for them to network as well? Yeah, so like a collaboration type yeah. of a scenario. Yeah. What like is the, is it collaborative as far as your office with the business or are the businesses able to also mm-hmm. collaborate with one another? So, good question. Let me start first by explaining the confidentiality piece oh, sure. SBDC. I figured that there might have been some kind of technicality yeah, within yeah. that question. But, but we'll get we'll get to some collaboration though because okay. that's that's a good question. So th- the first thing to know is that anybody who comes to the SBDC for counseling services, it's all confidential. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's there's documentation in, in place that basically says anything that's said here at the table in my office in this room is confidential. We won't say anything to others outside of the SBDC network, outside of SBDC employees. Mm-hmm. We do aggregate all of the data that we generate from these counseling sessions um, and report that back to the government. Um, but it's no n- none of that information is individual information unless we have them sign some kind of press release mm-hmm. you know, form, something like that. But there are scenarios where, and this has happened recently with a couple of my clients, mm-hmm. um, through this process of listening and analyzing the situation of the entrepreneur, there might be a good opportunity for them to connect with somebody else mm-hmm. that I've worked with before in the past. Um, so some of those situations can be navigated. They have to be navigated kind of, you know, just, just under the... Uh, um, the perspective that, hey, this needs to be as confidential as possible, but client A, I've worked with somebody before in the past that can do X, Y, and Z. Are you interested in me asking them if they'd be interested in working with somebody like you mm-hmm. without giving away information? Right. And that has worked pretty well before in the past. In fact, just recently, um, a couple times they've, they've collaborated together and formed a new business. Neat. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I think... At least the experience that I've seen talking to some entrepreneurs is they are willing to take any advice or recommendation to make their business or idea better and how they can advance it, what's out there that you don't know yet. Mm -hmm. And so to have something like SBDC facilitating that is huge as aside from the technical kind of support um, that they might need as well. So absolutely. And and another piece to that is that, you know, I've been a part of various programs that sort of bring entrepreneurs together in the same room to go mm-hmm. over the same subject matter. And the real magic doesn't happen when you're telling them or teaching them these concepts 
um, although some of that can happen, the real magic seems to happen when entrepreneurs sort of bump elbows and start talking to each other. Right. And they start going through the subject matter together and they start realizing that they have some of the same problems or that they're solving each other's problems. Mm -hmm. So when they get in the room together, that's kind of like the idea behind like a co-working space yeah. or even the research park. So, okay, you brought up a good point too. Your office is located here at the Iowa State Research Park or Iowa State University Research Park, mm -hmm. but you are still traveling all over, meeting with other small businesses. I've got two questions within this one. Mm -hmm. What do you think about working in this atmosphere, kind of, as you mentioned, the co-working space? You're able to see the hustle and bustle of um, young entrepreneurs creating their potential small businesses, mm -hmm. but then you're also able to get out into the state of Iowa and see what's going on and being kind of that face for SBDC. Mm -hmm. So what what's that kind of like? Yeah, so, I have, so I have two offices, one here in Ames and one in, in Des Moines. Mm -hmm. And uh, the one in Des Moines is actually a true co-working space called oh, Gravitate. Cool. Gravitate's a popular co-working space in the mm -hmm. state. And uh, I love working in both spaces up here at ISU and down there because it's that same feeling of the hustle and bustle and the energy, that entrepreneurial energy mm -hmm. is something that is, uh, you kind of get addicted to, right? Yeah. The entrepreneurial fire is what we used to say back in, uh, back in college. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, I, I love that because it kind of gives us energy too, especially yeah. if we see one of our entrepreneurs succeed or any small business succeed, mm -hmm. it gives us energy. Um, in terms of your other question, statewide support, that is that one hits really close to home for me because I'm from a rural part of Iowa, and there's a lot of great things that come through the universities and Des Moines, um, really good services and, and programs for entrepreneurs. But a lot of times, and this is to no one's fault, a lot of those programs go unheard of in more the in the more rural areas of the state, um, and it's just because they're popular in the urban areas, and it's hard to do that kind of marketing, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but when SBDC individuals get out into more rural parts of the state, you know, we have this really statewide network in all parts of the state. We're able to share some of that information. So it's more than what we provide as just counselors. We can also share other programs like uh, the Startup Factory through Iowa State mm -hmm. or even SciBizLab, you know, things like that um, or, or some of the other accelerators around the state too. Those are things that we didn't know about in in rural parts of Iowa. Right. So I'm able to bring that information to these clients that are in the far corners of the state. Mm -hmm. Which, yeah, as you mentioned, being from a rural town, that does close, or hit close to home and kind of makes it worthwhile for another reason, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, have you had any experience from outside of Iowa, or has the experience all been within Iowa? Another good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, just in terms of, like, my own professional path, or... Yeah, or, okay. for you personally or mm -hmm. just an experience that you've had within SPDC? Yeah. Sure. So so, let, so I better start here. <laughs> Being under the umbrella of the Iowa SPDC, we only work with Iowa entrepreneurs. Okay. But there's other SPDCs in other parts of the, parts of the country, so in other states, right? So um, even though we might not be able to, to work directly with a, uh, an entrepreneur outside of the state, we can still guide them to an SBDC elsewhere. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of professional experience, I, I worked uh, and lived in Kansas City for a while for a digital marketing company. And it was that experience that exposed me not only to digital marketing strategies that has been really helpful with some of my clients, mm -hmm. but then also that new innovative sort of techie um, internet, internet space, mm -hmm. right? And understanding the internet of things. 
which is so very important to a lot of um, innovative companies now. So that experience was very helpful for me. That you're able to bring in and use and apply within Iowa's SPDC. Yeah, absolutely. That's super cool. So within the SPDC, we have regional directors, as I mentioned, all across the state. And um, a lot of them are in rural areas, but then we also have a regional director in Cedar Rapids and in Des Moines and up here in Ames and in Council Bluffs, so in the urban areas too. Um, Typically, those centers, the reach is very good. They, especially in the more rural areas, don't necessarily come across a lot of tech startups. Sure. Um, They are very good at working with businesses one-on-one in a more general sense. Mm -hmm. Um, But when it comes to tech and innovation companies, uh, those are a little bit different. You have to not necessarily be more patient, but you have to focus on other types of things. Mm -hmm. Um, So, for example, we have this term called customer discovery, which is really figuring out who your customers are and interviewing those people before you start business, right, to see what their real problems are, and you take that feedback and you create your business model around their feedback. That's super interesting. Yeah. It, like, makes it seem like why wouldn't you start that way always? Absolutely. Get to know who you're talking to before you start getting into it. Totally. Mm -hmm. And that's an important concept across the board with any type of company. But it's that process is probably easier when you're working with a company that um, that is in an industry that is uh, more recognizable. Mm-hmm. So, um, for example, I worked in a rural part of the, of the state before moving up here. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I worked with quite a few hardware stores. Okay. And those are very good businesses in a lot of rural parts of the state. Um, but the customer discovery process of a hardware store is not incredibly complex because there's a lot of hardware stores. We've got some good information about them. Good, good data. We know people will go to a hardware store and buy their products. Mm-hmm. If you're inventing a new technology, we don't know. We've never, we maybe have never seen something like that before. We don't know what the customers are really looking for. Mm-hmm. So that customer discovery part of working with a tech startup seems to be um, a lot more intense, if you will. Yeah. Okay. So back to RBI, mm-hmm. um, we created a program with. Lisa Shimkat, yeah. our boss's help. Um, she was actually kind of the mastermind behind it. We just put the pieces together. We created a program called Rural Business Innovators, which is a uh, it's an accelerator program, if you will, for entrepreneurs who have new innovative ideas or, or technologies that they are looking to commercialize, mm-hmm. which really means to sell, <laughs> right? right? Um, but they live in rural parts of the state. Again, there's a lot of resources at more urban areas of the state, mm-hmm. um, especially for tech companies, but those programs don't necessarily reach the rural areas of the state. So we said, well, why don't we develop a program that goes directly to them? So Rural Business Innovators was created this year. Uh, we've got, we are almost done with our first cohort, our first group of participants. Awesome. Um, and we're working with uh, eight individuals who have new ideas and we're working through a lot of those concepts that are really helpful when you're starting a new tech startup. Mm-hmm. Heavy emphasis on customer discovery. Right. No, so. that's awesome. And it kind of gets me excited, especially being a student at Iowa State University and working with the Iowa State University Research Park, is we're kind of in a unique world where we are in rural Iowa and we're Midwest is best and you're kind of coming up with these different 
areas of expertise. And so when you want to talk innovation and entrepreneurship and what's the new best thing, sometimes there might be a, a lag between how we can connect that with what's going on yeah. in rural Iowa. And so something like what you guys have created is really exciting to be able to see even for me, I don't know what's going on in the ag world or what's going on, like for the example totally. that you used hardware stores, but to know that there are people that are creating like how that is going to advance and then someone facilitating all that is really cool just because we're kind of in like a gold mine area. If you really think about it, all of the glitzy glam of yeah. tech, that's happening everywhere, but some of the stuff that's happening here in the Midwest is special to the Midwest. And so obviously you're from Iowa, but... Mm -hmm. What do you what, what, how how do you think about um, kind of the area that we're in and sure. the opportunities that there are as far as innovation in the rural business, but just in tech in, in general? general? Yeah, it's kind of exciting yeah, to me. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So I was at a wedding this last weekend, mm -hmm. and I was catching up with an old friend, um, and uh, you know he's asking me about what I was doing, and I explained you know. Uh, my job and and then he said is there a lot of tech happening in the state of Iowa and you're like let me tell you about yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you know give me a second I'll talk your ear off yeah um but yeah so the response back the, the response back to him was absolutely especially with ag tech but even beyond ag tech too mm -hmm. I had a um a uh, SBDC client tell me recently that they're originally from Florida and this is this is a pretty substantial high caliber tech client mm -hmm. um, in the um, ag biospace, um, directly related to, to ISU actually. Cool. And the owners of the company told me, they said, you know, we're from Florida, but the state of Iowa just had that ecosystem that was really the right ecosystem in place for innovation. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of um, connectedness and uh, sort of the environment that I think Iowans naturally bring to the table sort of develop or, or lay out this environment that is very feasible for tech startups mm -hmm. um, and new ideas and new concepts. And, it, you know, it's, uh, it's j an inexpensive place to test things too. Right. Right. Especially if you need space. Yeah, no, <laughs> right? for sure. So among other things, but, um, but yeah, great question. So. so does that, so this conversation is kind of making me think, um, you might have had a different definition of what innovation was when you were in college or even before college because when I used to think of innovation, I was thinking of maybe scientists or somebody mm, in a lab yeah. that's creating something like that I'm never going to have a part of. But then as I've gotten older, you see the word innovation and like the activity of innovation differently. How has the role that you're in now and the work that you've done with SBDC maybe changed your opinion of innovation or uh, made you look at it in a different way? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, totally. Because I think when people think innovation, they go right to tech, mm -hmm. right to technology. And that's not necessarily the case. You know, it's, uh, I think maybe that used to be the case. We do say, we do say tech and innovation. Um, but innovation, I think, is much more broad than that. There's a, um, I don't know <laughs> who originally came up with this quote. I'm just stealing it from a textbook or something. Uh, it's, uh, where most see problems, entrepreneurs see opportunities. Yeah. And that to me is innovation. And that's, it's as simple as that. So where the world sees a problem, but you see an opportunity, that is an act of innovation. Mm -hmm. Whether that's implementing a new technology or just a new way of doing things, that's, a, that's an innovation. W one of my clients that I'm working with now, they thought that they were gonna go down this tech 
this tech space or into the tech space with a new like uh, digital platform they're going to be implementing. What they realized during various modules through rural business innovators is, is that maybe they it's it's maybe better to pivot and become more of a consultant as opposed to forcing or or pushing this new technology on somebody. What they realized was that they had the capacity to serve the needs of the of the customers they were looking at by simply being in a consultant space. So they pivoted from a tech company to a consulting company, mm-hmm. and that has done really well for them so far. Um, but to me, that's still innovation. Sure. Right. Yeah. So they, everyone else sees a problem, they see an opportunity, and that's when they innovate. Cool. That is an awesome definition of innovation and kind of changes the perspective. I always like asking people that question because everyone, no matter what world you're working in, is going to answer that question differently, Mm -hmm. but it all kind of comes back to the same core, which is cool about what innovation is all about. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously having this conversation with you, I can see that you're so passionate about what you're doing and what is behind all the work. From a personal standpoint, where do you see some goals or some kinds of achievements that you'd like to accomplish just kind of staying in this world just what are some of those kind of goals that you have moving forward yeah I love the innovation space because it's sort of on the forefront Mm -hmm. right and uh, being a part of somebody else's success is very exciting and gives you a lot of energy Um, so I'd like to stay in that space as long as I can and (laughs) sometimes I'll I'll tell clients this but I often learn more from them than they ever will from me because that's I, cool. I yeah because I get a window into an innovator's brain yeah right so it's like that's the way you think <laughs> that's how that new concept mm-hmm. came to light right and um, and a lot of times I work with very intellectual people and that's exciting to be on the other side of the table or on the other side of the zoom screen with maybe somebody who has a PhD in some type of science or an engineer you know mm-hmm. Um, who are brilliant, they just are struggling to find a way to commercialize what they've created or go through customer discovery, mm-hmm. you know, so I can step in and say, well, you know, this is, this is, seems like a great technology. Let's, let's put it to the side. I don't need to know the science of it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's often what I say. It's like, I don't understand the science and, mm-hmm. and you, you don't have to explain it to me. I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> I believe you. Let's focus on who your customers are, what problems could it solve for them? Mm-hmm. And then they'll help you create the business, you know? Yeah. Um, and then you can adapt your technology to around their, their needs. So in terms of goals, I'd like to stay as close to that as possible because you learn so much from that process mm-hmm. and you get exposed to a lot of things too, whether it's somebody who's creating a, a biochar machine to somebody who's created a, a new piece of technology that goes on a combine to somebody who's simply creating an app but that app is doing something that no other app is doing. Mm-hmm. You know, all three of those situations have their own things to offer. So I don't know. I guess to answer your question, I'd like to stay in the space as much as I can just yeah. because I've learned so much. Well, and it's it's kind of as I asked the question, I started thinking more critically about it. And some of the things that you could be doing 10 years from now aren't even creations right now. Mm-hmm. There's still going to be opportunities sure. out there that uh, you can't plan for that will just come up and see how it continues on. And I think that that's what's cool about the space that you're working in already is that the opportunity for whatever happens in the future is up up in the air. You don't really know. Yeah. And that's that's exciting. And maybe to some people it'd be a little bit intimidating, but it's it's cool to me. So that's 
That's awesome. Yeah, in- innovation is something that will last forever, right? I mean, we're yeah. all, we can always innovate. You'd hope so. Yeah. <laughs> we it, stop innovating, then what? Then, then what yeah. are we? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and and then starting a business, too, is something that can last forever, too. Entrepreneurship is something that hopefully lasts forever also. So mm-hmm. these are two inevitable sort of things that sort of collide, innovation and entrepreneurship. It's exciting. Yeah, for sure. Who have been some of the mentors or people that you've leaned on throughout your career mm-hmm. um, within the space or before um, that just have been in your corner? Sure. So I'm, I'm going to say this not because I'm, you know, because she's my boss, but for <laughs> real, Lisa's been awesome. Yeah. Um, I love the way that she manages our team. And, uh, you know, we are um, ultimately a government organization and and sometimes that can get a bad rap in terms of entrepreneurship but she stays aggressive Mm -hmm. and that aggressiveness needs to stay consistent with our clients because they're aggressive Mm -hmm. and we need to match that and I've always loved that about Lisa and so she keeps that energy high with our whole team across the state and she pushes us and uh, it's like this is good because we need to be we need to we need to model what aggressiveness looks like for our entrepreneurs too and vice versa Mm -hmm. Um, so Lisa's been great um, also, the other co-creator of the Rural Business Innovators Program, his name is Ray Hansen, mm-hmm. and he's worked for Iowa State for a long time. Um, he's worked uh, really with the Extension office um, here in Research Park, and uh, he's great too. He's got years of experience. I love the way he listens. So um, a lot of times he and I will be on a joint session with somebody uh, through the Rural Business Innovators Program, and I'll be asking some of these more generalized questions waiting for a response from the entrepreneur and then after maybe 30 minutes of conversation between myself and the entrepreneur i'll ask ray if he has anything that he'd like to he's been listening this whole time yeah so then he just drops a nugget of gold out of nowhere because he's been listening to this conversation Mm -hmm. the whole time and has just the right thing to say um so ray's been huge too um uh, another person would be my own dad Mm -hmm. because he is an innovator Oh, awesome. Yeah, he's a, he's a business professor, and he has a, a new concept, a new idea that he's looking to commercialize in the ag space. And to watch him go through his journey gave me energy to help more people like him. Yeah. Because I've seen some of the struggles that he's gone through. It's like, you know what, I think maybe I can maybe I can play a piece in this for other people. For sure. Yeah, well, yeah. what a special kind of connection that you'll have then to this profession that you're in and then being able to connect it back to family, which is also a connection of your opportunities within rural businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, That's super special and it'll be exciting to see kind of how that comes to fruition. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 totally. I think that we kind of went over everything. Is there anything I missed that you would want to talk about or something we didn't? An important thing just on... um, the general perspective of the SBDC mm-hmm. is uh, we do have this large um, reach in the state, but we would be not nearly as effective without a lot of the partners that we're able to partner sure. with. So there's a lot of other organizations in the state that do a really good job at supporting entrepreneurs as well, um, whether that's through the university, um, but then others as well. I mean, uh, there's a lot of statewide organizations and regional organizations and uh, local organizations that are very helpful, whether mm-hmm. the Chamber of Commerce is in the state or the development organizations. Um, those types of organizations are super helpful. Mm-hmm. And we're just one piece to the whole system. And, and even what I do with tech startups is just one piece to the whole system. Yeah, right. which is cool. Like when we went back to the previous point about how when entrepreneurs are working together in a similar setting, they're able to bounce all those ideas off each other. 
the, the people that are behind the scenes supporting the entrepreneurs and supporting innovation in whatever community are also all working together and it's really just one big team. So when you think about the exciting stuff that's happening um, small business wise or just what's going on in Iowa, it's mm -hmm. cool to know that there's a big support system of people that are all on the same page ultimately. Absolutely. And I think um, back to that client who mentioned that the uh, just the state of Iowa has this natural ecosystem that makes it very feasible for startups. Mm -hmm. It kind of goes back to that too. It's we're sort of on the same team. I mean, yeah. we might be different organizations that do different a little bit different things and our funding comes from different places. At the end of the day, we're all on the same team. We we work hard together to mm -hmm. make to try to make that happen. Mm -hmm. So, and it would be it's unique to me to think about what that relationship looks like with people from Iowa and within Iowa versus, I mean, I feel like you get into bigger states and it's maybe more competitive or different types of people. I have been out of Iowa before and I know that just Midwest nice is a thing or yeah. Iowa nice is a thing. Yeah. And so I think that that is an additional, just unique element to the industry within Iowa and what they're kind of working on. Yeah, it's at Iowa nice, right? Yes, Iowa, Midwest, Midwest best, yeah. Iowa nice, those kinds of yeah. phrases, they're true, I it, believe. It, you know, it's funny, cause like, there sorta is sort of like this um, uh, archetype, if you will, for mm -hmm. who an Iowan is, um, which adds to why the ecosystem is so fertile, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but I, it, it's, it's sort of like this weird combination of being polite and nice, but then also having this really uh, high energy and um, uh, work hard attitude yeah you know and, and the other thing too I think Iowans have is that they, they don't they don't let you run over them either mm -hmm. so there's this there's this aggressiveness but it's it's also a, um, a polite and friendliness as yeah. well a, a perfect combination yeah yes. it makes them great entrepreneurs awesome yeah. well that was a great kind of wrap up to all the things that we talked about cool. and I think it all kind of goes together nicely so yeah. Ethan thank you so much for taking yeah. the time with me to talk today and teach a little bit more about what SBDC is and what your role is it's been awesome totally